between. Welcome one and welcome all to the Arsenal Cannon Podcast Extravaganza. It's me, your boy, your host, Daniel Fenton, the self-proclaimed comic relief back in the cut once again. And I am joined exclusively by one man alone. The Bumptious Bright Boy is not here today. He's hungover as usual. Um, <laughs> and I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend with the versatile name, Rob Bob Bert. Bertha, the man that I so love to call this. Here we go. This bit will never be unfunny, so get the fuck used to it. How you doing? This bit will never be unfunny, so get the fuck used to it. <laughs> well, Daniel, you know I've been um, I've been reminiscing. Actually, I've been I've been looking back on on when we first met, and I cannot escape, and I cannot forget because Southgate, you're the one. You still turn me on. Football's coming home again. <sighs> you know, hold, give me one second. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to cap. I'm actually writing down this bit will never be unfunny. So get the get the <laughs> fuck use to it. And I'm doing that so I could do a callback at the end of the show and call you that when we're drawing it to a close. Uh, okay. This is the Arsenal Cannon Podcast Transparency Zone. I'm not going to lie to you people. I don't have a good memory. So we're writing it down to be safe. But anyway, um, yeah, honestly, Rob, you guys are pretty much the most insufferable people I've ever heard. Um, and <laughs> I was ju- it's just like I, I typically kind of like England and international tournaments, but I feel like just you and you and Alfie have just annoyed me so much to I just I want to see you be absolutely obliterated in every game I see you take part in and I mean that with the most love possible like what I say today I said you know I I, I will say about the bumptious bright boy Alfie he is you know a naturally very combative and uh he'll always He'll be like, well, I, I, I don't disagree with that, but you know, like that's t- to be fair. That's why he makes a great, um, great co-host, but on podcast. But I, I said something today along the lines of, uh, you know, I can't wait for the Euro final between Italy and England. That's surely set to end nil nil and go to a penalty shootout. And oh yeah, and I said it's going to be Burnley versus Burnley, and um, yeah. and I just Alfie. I could just see the hate in his eyes when he said, neither team plays like Burnley. What are you doing? What are you talking about? And I was like, Alfie, come on, man. I don't care about either of these teams. And for the neutral's point of view, this game really, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure you're excited. You're an England fan. It's only natural. Italy play, I will say, significantly better than they usually do. I mean, is that saying much? No, but to be fair, Italy actually play good. But like... Yeah. On the face of things, dude, this game has all of the makings to be an absolute snooze fest because just look at Italy in the last game against Spain. Italy, I don't know if you got this same kind of uh, this kind of vibe from from the Italians. Mm-hmm. It just seemed a lot like they were kind of okay, we're Italian again. You know, they just went right back to their old way. So I I am really not looking forward to this final that I'm absolutely going to watch because I just feel like it's going to be an absolute slugfest, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I can get what you mean. I mean, despite both teams sort of having a, a new sort of emphasis in the sort of recent times and play more attractive forward-thinking football, at the same time, there's still that great emphasis from both teams on defensive football. I mean, that's that's ingrained in the past of, of Italian football and England. You know, we've conceded one goal in the entirety of the tournament and that was from a free kick. So, you know, it, it could be something of a shutout. But, um, and yeah, if we're being honest, it's a final. So knowing Mancini and Southgate, you know, both of them will adopt the pragmatic approach and it, it might be sort of a survival of the fittest sort of match where one team's quality sort of shadows over the other one sort of as as time goes on but um yeah it's i'm really excited obviously it, you know it's one of the biggest days of my yeah. life 
uh, where it, it's yeah, and I'm I'm not even sort of saying that tongue in cheek. It's tongue in cheek, tongue in cheek. It, it really, really is huge. Uh, I mean, the sort of atmosphere amongst the English public is absolutely fantastic, and um, yeah, it's 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 just so so exciting and. To see your nation win a semi-final at a major tournament, you know, not much beats it. But, you know, seeing the team lift the trophy, seeing Bakayo <laughs> lift that over his head, that would be uh, the icing on top of a delicious cake. So um, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, we can uh, beat those Italians. Well, there's two hopefullys in there from you, sir. Um, yeah. Are you... I, I, I'm, I'm putting myself into your English shoes. What kind of shoes do English people wear? Yeah. Well, oh, they were they were trainers. They were trainers over there. Trainers. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm putting myself into your trainers. And if it was okay. me and I'm watching the Italy-Spain game, I want Spain to go through a hell of a lot more than I want Italy to go through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Alfie actually put on his Snapchat story um, after the game, like because obviously he's a bit Italian, and he was like, oh come on Italy, like when they went through and I was like, surely you would have preferred Spain from an English perspective. And he was like, no, because of like his Italian heritage or whatever. But yeah, I really, really fucking wanted Spain. I was gutted to see Italy go through, you know, I think Spain can be got at. And even though they do play great football, uh, you know, as I say, there's, there's like sort of weaknesses in that team, obvious weaknesses, but you know that Mancini's Italy can not only come and play really good football, but you know, they're going to be really tough to break down. So, oh, it's so difficult to call. Uh, and I'm trying, you know, trying to look at it from a neutral's perspective. I, I wouldn't even know who to back. It's going to be a really, really, really difficult game. And yeah, it could go. Either I've way. got a feeling. Ooh, ooh, tonight's going to be. No, I've, <laughs> I've got a feeling that um, you you won't like to hear this, but I think Italy's experience. Is gonna, is mm. gonna, is gonna help them out really big time, you know. Yeah. But but that said, I, I do have yeah. to say, I mean, you've got some pretty, I pretty is an understatement. Like some of the fastest attackers at your disposal, and I think that is the way that you try to break down Italy because say you know all the praise you want about yeah. Nucci and Chiellini, but they're fucking ancient, you know you. You yeah, run at are. them with quick guys, and you could get at them. So it is going to be. Yeah, I mean, you you look at the form like the Raheem Sterling's yeah. in, and you look at Chiellini, who's been absolutely fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but you know Raheem Sterling driving a, a you know an almost forty-year-old mm. Chiellini. That's not what Chiellini wants, and you know I agree with you. I think that is sort of the area we have to target, exposing their sort of defensive weakness in terms of the slowness i'm not saying that they're weak defensively but you know that is one area that their slowness that can be uh got at so yeah there's there's just so many interesting tactical aspects to the game but i think i'm leaning towards what you were sort of suggesting at the at the top of the show when you said it could be a bit of a mm. bore fest and I, I think it very well could be because you know, it's such a huge game for both teams. Both teams are sort of on this rebuild project. Uh, and, you know, Italy, you know, theirs has been very fast. England, you know, we had the heartache of the 2018 semi-final at the World Cup. But then again, things have been so much better than it was in the years prior. So it's a huge game for both nations. And winning will mean so much to each one. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't think we can forget that home advantage for England will hopefully play on our side. But, you know, at the same time, the pressure could get to the players. So, oh, it's going to be absolutely massive. And as you say, um, the Italian players have the sort of experience to handle that um, that sort of fearsome away yeah. away end. So, well, away atmosphere. So, yeah, it's... I, oh, cause I'm, it could be uh, it's exciting. I, yeah, that's the thing. I, you know... While it while it is probably going to be a slugfest, I do I do think that's the case. You know whether Alfie likes to admit it or not. You know it's 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 uh yeah. it's Brexit or Brexito. You know and oh no, but remember like at the 2010 World Cup final, you know you had the the Dutch against yeah. Spain, and they were two of the most attractive teams that national teams ever. And you know then you that was just Iniesta winning it in extra time. It was really quite a boring game because both teams didn't well, want to uh, lose the game. That's what yeah, most yeah, I was finals say, are Germany, like. Argentina, same thing. 
You know, who could have predicted? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, France smacking Croatia was a bit of an oddity in terms of, you know, modern finals. Most teams do adopt that pragmatic approach. So, yeah, it's... um, I wouldn't expect loads of goals. I, I, was, I would still expect a really entertaining game with both teams sort of figuring each other out. And, you know, it will be some really good football on show because there'll be some really good fucking footballers mm. on that pitch. There'll be loads of good footballers. Uh, you know, the Italians are really, uh, I keep saying it, but, you know, an exciting team. Uh, I, I love Barella. I think that he's up there for player of the tournament. Uh, and then, of course, as I was saying with England, we've got Sterling, but then, you know, our boy Saka and Kane is finally hitting some form mm-hmm. up top. So, yeah, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be some really good players. Yeah, also. that's probably the key battle for me is Kane versus those two central mm. defenders. I think Kane is, yeah, ugh, I'm going to puke in my drawer like Robin the drunk cast, you know, saying this, but I mean, <laughs> he is genuinely such a freaking phenomenal player, you know, and having him yeah. on your team... C- it's it's a cliche, but it can win you games, you know. And we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Um, it'll be it'll be entertaining, entertainingly boring. It'll be entertaining for the uh, for the for the football lovers that understand that defense defense is beautiful, yeah. man. It's okay, it really yeah. is, you know. I mean, what what it could be is underwhelming for the fan who doesn't really watch football and is just you know watching the European. Uh, championships final True. that's who it could be boring for but for the new I guess I think I, I, I really don't think there's such thing as a neutral fan to be honest everyone leans towards uh, one team yeah. but for the fan who's not like emotionally invested in either side yeah it, it will be really interesting to watch them work each other out because two really well set up teams and you know Mancini obviously world class manager he's, he's done it you know, in the Premier League but Southgate is really proving himself on the national stage so yeah, it will be a, such an intriguing affair. And I, I agree with you. I think that for people who really understand football, this this is going to be one of the, you know, yeah. the games of the year. Well, hey, we've been talking about that for 12 minutes. Um, we said we're going to keep the show shorter today. And yeah, we I, I don't know if it's purposeful from you, but it's kind of purposeful from me. We haven't really talked about Arsenal yet. Um <laughs> And you know, I'm what just, you I'm just I've here. mentioned Bakayo Saka about three times. Yeah, he is Arsenal. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> true that. True that. Um, but this, this this question just sprung to my mind as as we were talking about the uh, the Euro final. I mean, does the fact that there's nothing really to talk about regarding Arsenal concern you? Um. Well, it, just in terms of how sort of slow news is surrounding the club. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure it does, to be honest. I think that James was talking about this on the the Askcast a few weeks ago. There we go, reference number one. Um, <laughs> he was just saying that journalists, a lot of them are focused on the Euros. You know, um, for, for, for instance, uh, I know that Sam Dean is the Telegraph journalist for Arsenal and he was covering Wales for the majority of the tournament and now he's doing a lot of stuff to do with England. So he, you know, his attention is not really fixated on Arsenal and what's going on at Arsenal. Maybe he's not really, um, and you know, this isn't to discredit him as a journalist at all, but maybe he's not sort of as... Uh, sort of pervasive into what's going on at the club as he usually would be. And that's totally understandable. And, you know, let's not forget the summer is usually sort of a time of rest for journalists as well. And they're not having that this this summer because of the Euros. So uh, they might not be doing the digging that they would usually be doing at the moment. But yeah, I guess it is worrying a little bit. Um, But at the same time, you know, there is talk of a few signings which seem very close and only seem not to be happening, you know, like Ben White, for example, only seems not to be going through because of the Euros. Um, so I think when the Euros are over, I think at that point, transfer talk will be really hotting up. And if it doesn't, I think that's when we get concerned. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie. It concerns me a little bit. And the reason mm. being, our preseason starts in five days. Well, the you players know. are back at Colney already. I mean, the season is coming. 
And they're going to be playing in Florida, and I'm so busy that I don't even know if I can freaking go see a game. So that's nice. Shout uh, out College Life. But I'm yeah. going to do all I can, folks. Don't worry. Um, not that you give a shit. But, <laughs> um, like, I don't know, man. I, I wish we would get players. It's obviously really difficult, by the way, with the Euros going on and everything, and the Copa America as well. Definitely worth Yeah, don't forget about that. Yeah. Um, I just wish we could get players in a little earlier. You know, get them in for the preseason, even if they're even if they come in and they're maybe not playing because they're, you know, playing with their national sides or whatever. And they have to take. But they're sort of in and around the group. Yeah, I guess that's just just getting settled in. Exactly. And I just I mean, yeah, the only hmm. caveat I would sort of provide to that is, you know, Ben White, for example, if, if we sign him after Euros, which is looking increasingly likely. I mean, not much is being said about it because I just think it's basically done. Um, he'll then need three weeks holiday because yeah. that's what Bukayo Saka will get and it's what Kieran is currently having. You know, it's just what players get after major tournaments. Uh, the ones I would like to see get done, sort of ASAP, are Sambi Lukonga and um, Nuno Tavares. I think that we need to get those done sort of as soon as possible and it sounds like that will be the case and it'll be good to get those two youngsters sort of in the squad you know some of the experienced heads are still around you know that English core of Chambers holding etc uh, etc et so yeah I, th- I think that it's important that we get those ones done but I, I completely agree with you Daniel it's really frustrating that, that you can never get business done as early as you would like to but then again no one really has it's just the way that the football world works at the end of the day we'll still probably be pushing for the signings until that last day and that's that's just the way it is it's frustrating but it's just the way it is yeah true that it is what it is as they say yeah um i mean that's uh, you're right though i mean with the euros going on and journalists preoccupied with that maybe that's kind of preventing links that we would like to see yeah from coming out but nevertheless, I just I want slow. to see it's slow. It's very slow. I want to see links to more, especially for example, a creative midfielder. I want to see yeah. more links than that, you know. And I know there's been some, and I lose. I even use the word "some" very loosely. Mm. Some links to to Hasamawa again, but yeah, you know that the James Madison. Um, links they're not really super out there or super like i, mm. I don't know i don't know i totally get where you're coming from because all these sort of big accounts or journalists they all they're all saying like oh arsenal have loads of targets in in the creative midfield position but you know i can think of four on just off the top of my head you know we had emmy buendia who's obviously gone to villa then we have martin odegaard who's staying at real madrid uh, and then our and Madison, uh, and then by all accounts, Madison is too unrealistic. And you know, we all saw what happened with our last summer. As much as I like him, it, I just don't want to relive that horrible saga of last summer. So yeah, it would be nice to see some new names crop up in the next few days. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see. I mean, maybe th- this is how Arsenal kind of tend to do transfer business. It's like out of nowhere. On an innocent, yeah. you know, Monday afternoon, the floodgates will just open. A huge link will come out, and then one or two days later, the players in. You know, like that's that's just what happens. Not just at mm. Arsenal, by the way, but at, at clubs around the world in the transfer window. So, yeah, Arsenal notoriously do keep things very secret. I mean, I remember mm. when it was uh, all the Pepe talk. I remember I was actually at the Emirates buying a, the new Adidas shirt. And it came up on my phone and I was like, oh my God, we're signing this Pepe guy for 70 million to the guy next to me. Um, and that sort of came out of nowhere. There were sort of loose reports in France, but wasn't on the mainstream British media. So yeah, I think it, it wouldn't be bad to sort of have a look out for those sort of more small uh, sort of news outlets sort of in foreign countries because when it's for smaller clubs especially they know what they're talking about um but then again don't trust everything you read it's a really difficult balancing act really in in terms of trying to find out what's reliable and what what isn't yeah very much so i mean there's so much crap out there now more than ever you know all these self-proclaimed itks i mean at least i rob at least i am just the 
self-proclaimed comic relief. I'm not spreading misinformation. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just ruining brain cells, you know? <laughs> and, and then Alfie is, you know, ruining the world with his arrogance and you, yeah, you are ruining the name, uh, ruining the world with just how versatile your name is. Like, dude, just make a decision. Oh you know? yeah. Good point. Good point. <laughs> I apologize for my versatility. <laughs> Shout out James Milner of names, to be honest. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. How about this? Here, here's something Here's something to talk about. Just because we... I, dude, it seriously feels like we have fuck all. Genuinely. I kind of wish we would have let mm. that Euro talk go on longer. Um, actually, yeah. How do you... Um, how excited are you, Rob? To see Sayed Kalashinaj back at... Back at the training. Oh room. my god! <laughs> I think I, I took a double take when I saw a picture of him in an Arsenal shirt again. I was like, "Oh my god!" Um, yeah, we, we need to offload him desperately. There's so many of those players who've returned for preseason training, and I've seen them in pictures, and I'm like, "You should be gone now." I know, I know it's hard because the Euros are going on, but a lot of these players should be gone. I think already. So we, I hope I see outgoing business sort of speed up in the next few weeks. But on the bright side, I haven't seen a single picture of Willian yet. Yeah, but he had that one story on his gram that I saw get shared to Twitter and it yeah. said London. And that alone had Arsenal fans like, oh, fuck off. Oh, no. <laughs> He's back. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be hard to offload him, man, because I, I even heard, yeah. you know, shout out Florida teams. Um, Inter-Miami was interested in him and supposedly inter miami could not match anywhere near his wage demands so that really does not fill me with that much confidence to be honest with you because uh yeah you know other places that you could possibly see him going to like a turkey or somewhere like that are in complete financial disarray and and really large yeah. not that the rest of europe isn't you know but uh, we, we hear that, you know, Spain, just kind of like Spain, for example. Did I say Spain, kind of like Spain? Turkey, kind of like Spain, for example, are, um, you know, not doing so well. So Yeah, Daniel, it's almost as if uh, giving a 32-year-old a £100,000 a, a week deal in the middle of a pandemic wasn't a good idea. I don't know how, you know, to be fair, I don't, I don't know how the board could have possibly foreseen, you know, giving a 32 year old a three yeah. year deal. I, I don't, I don't know how they could see that would be a bad idea, you know? And, and do you know why? Do you know yeah. why? I don't think that they could see why? because they're fucking stupid. So of course I couldn't see that. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's, let's kind of manage our expectations and realize who we're dealing with here. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I think you and I, I remember actually when the Willian signing came through, I remember you and I really did come to terms with it and we were trying to look at the positives, whereas Alfie was more steadfast in his belief that it was wrong. But, you know, you and I are fans, we're, we're writers, we're allowed to have sort of naive <laughs> opinions. This is a football club. You know, these guys shouldn't shouldn't be gambling like so much money like that and making him so hard to offload the wage bill, you know, when we've had such issues with Meza Urzu in the past, among others. So, yeah, it might have to be a case of just ripping up his contract and saying, saying goodbye and, you know, accepting that we're not going to get any money in for him. You know, and that's just why I think the the moves for the, the Tavares guy and, and Lakanga, those... Those get me excited, you know, because there's just, yeah, they're, yeah, better. they're better, they're younger. Even if the, I don't think this is anything to go by, the video with his barber of him like roasting Grimaldo or whatever. But even if the mm. Tavares guy is a bit of a, you know, wanker or whatever, uh, who cares? He's a kid, you know? Yeah. Like, well, he is a kid, right? And, uh, yeah. I'm going to, yeah, he is. And I, again, James said this on the Ask Cast Extra on Monday. It was just like, if this does fail, at least we can sort of say that the intention was right. We haven't really been able to say that about many transfers recently at true. Arsenal. Uh, that's pretty damning, but very true, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, yeah. At, at least it makes sense. Like, it's, you're going for a 21 year old yeah. in a position that you probably need to fill because. Unfortunately, Kieran Tierney's shown some injury proneness, you know, and at least yeah. this is a guy that makes sense. You're not going out and getting 
a 32 year old winger, you know, I, I mean, I don't know if you saw yeah. this link to uh, Miralem Pjanic from Barcelona. It's like, mm, mm, why? Yeah, strange one. Why? You know? Yeah. He's going to be on enormous wages. Bit, it just you know, makes no sense. Uh, yeah. I don't dislike Ryan Bertrand, for example. I think that he would have provided more than adequate qu- cover for Tierney. I think he would have been probably, you know, one of our better sort of 30-plus signings. But it just would have been emblematic of a move that suggests that we haven't learned. Whereas the Tavares deal suggests maybe we have, maybe we have, maybe we're moving in a, a new direction. And by all accounts, you know, that the Pjanic one, it wasn't reported, you know, on a widespread scale. It was just, you know, one singular report. So by all accounts, Arsenal's strategy this summer is one of focusing on young players. And I, I think hopefully that just means that we've learned from our mistakes. I mean, I won't believe anything till I see it until someone's holding an Arsenal shirt, but you know, it, it, it it's better. And I think we have talked about that. I think we have said that we do quite like Arsenal's transfer yeah. policy this summer. Yeah. We just, I, we just need more youth, man. I mean, because worse, you can best yeah. comes to best rather. Let's not say worst comes to worst. Let's say best does come to best. And I don't know that's the term. I just made it up. Um, let's say Tavares does come in and he's, actually sick you know and he comes in and he's crushing it yeah. and then it's like okay well now we have not one left back worth a crap ton of money in kieran tyranny but two left backs worth a crap ton of money. you know so, it's like yeah. and you could maybe sell one of those guys on uh, not kieran tyranny he's never allowed to leave but you could sell one of those guys yeah. on you know and get some oh, money and get another young guy sort of akin to the the situation we had with Leno Martinez last season, you know, at the end of the day, when you have two players in one position and, uh, you know, they're both too good to be backups, I think the natural thing to do is sell one of them. Uh, so hopefully Tavares, you know, I'm not saying he will do, but hopefully he does come in and do that and just prove that he's, he's too good to be a backup because, you know, if I was his agent, his family, or, you know, the club he's currently with who are moving him on, I'd be telling him exactly that. You know, don't just settle for second choice. Go and properly challenge Kieran Tierney. And, uh, yeah, fingers crossed he yeah, does Yeah, and, and let's just hope that we we operate like that in other positions as well. You know, because I think that that's a, that's a good way yeah. forward. You know, it's not going to be after the window's done. I don't want to be looking at our our new purchases and saying like, well, I hope he comes good this season because after that, you know, he's going to be, uh, you know, knocking on even more than he already is. You know, if you get a younger player, yeah. I mean, look at Pepe, for example, Pepe is not, you know, really, mm. oh, let me, let me rephrase that. Pepe has not hit the heights that we wanted him to hit. He was good at, at the end of both seasons, no, basically, no. you know, but um, we want to see that mm. for, the entirety of any campaign, but Pepe was, you know, how old was he? I think 24, maybe 25 when we brought him in or something, you know, it's not a big risk, you know, but if you bring in a 29 year old, a 30 year old and they come in and, and they're not delivering from the get go, then you just look like an idiot. Yeah. It's a huge risk. Yeah. Oh, if a Bamiyang failed in England, Arsenal would have been left so red faced, you know, you sign a, player in his latter 20s and he's shit uh, and you've signed him for 60 million like that you gamble but with the younger players there's there's that safety net sort of that you know you can sell them um, and yeah hopefully with Tavares that, that's the case even if he doesn't hit I mean I don't think we're expecting height per se but we're expecting you know a, some competent cover for Tierney but yeah I think we talked mm. about this last week if if we if he doesn't hit those what those requirements that we need, you know, we can sell him to a team in Spain. You know, he's got decent European pedigree, and hey ho, life goes on. Yeah, right on. And here's another thing. Speaking of coverage and things like that, hmm. um, Gabrielle picked up a little bit of an injury. Oh yeah, yeah, um, nothing little, serious of, apparently. Yeah, a, what was it, tendonitis or something? Yeah, it's yeah. called I think. That's that's just fancy wording for. Big guy jumps and runs a lot, yeah. so his knees don't like the cartilage or whatever. I don't know, yeah. doctor, don't listen to me. But you know what I mean. Big guys get it, basically. Mm. Um, and Gabriel's a big guy, so that happens. But, Rob, do you think that 
changes the uh, even though it's not serious do you think that could possibly change the William Saliba situation at all no I can't imagine it I if, if anything I just think it could make the situation even worse for Saliba to be honest uh, if it's not already completely decided that Saliba's going I think it probably will be uh, I think that Gabriel will probably therefore have a few weeks off during pre-season when some of those other internationals come back and you know, it's not a serious injury. So, you know, he'll be looked after throughout preseason. But I think that it'll probably leave him, leave him in contention to start the Premier League season at, at centre-back. Um, hope for, uh, Anyway, fingers crossed, because that, be, that would be really good to see. Um, and he's just another option during those early weeks now, If uh, as long as the injury isn't too sort of serious, which it doesn't sound like it is. So, yeah. Uh, I do. I think the Saliba discussion is dead now. He's going on loan. It just all depends on where he's going. You know, I know that we were saying in the. I hate when I do this because I just like contradict myself mm. every other week, but like. I, I know I was saying Arteta knows better than all of us, you know, and I still stand by that. Most people know better than us, to be fair, but um, like. Is there even a fucking point, you know, to him going on loan again? If let's be, you know, at Nice he murdered it. Yeah, he was sick. You know, is there? Do do you kind of get where I'm coming from? Where I I almost feel like, oh yeah, I get it. I get it. I think that I think another loan to Liga is absolutely pointless. Yeah, I really do. Um, you know, I, I tried to get my head around it a little bit, but now that the rumors have cooled down. I, I have no, I don't think the Marseille is the place he goes. I think he goes to a, a decent Premier League side. There are more than enough teams in the Premier League who play good football, um, who won't sort of play him as a defensive centre back. There are plenty of managers towards the bottom end of the Premier League who want their defenders to play proper football, yeah. um, and that's 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 what he should do next season. My my opinion is that he should go to Brighton and replace Ben White. I don't know if they're interested, but I think they would be yeah. mad not to be. Um, so yeah, that, that's just what I would prefer. I, I just, you know, if he's going to play for Arsenal in the long term, he might as well get to grips with the competitions that Arsenal are going to be playing. Well, in. I just, you know, when I was listening back to the Extra Cam podcast, by the way, do go have a listen to last week's show. It was a phenomenal one. Yours truly uh, guested on it. Yeah, great um, show. But um, <laughs> like I, I, I found myself arguing with myself. You know, I, I, I yeah, and one bit yeah. of it, I said, um, Saliba. I'm sure we'll prefer a move back to France. You know, if I was on loan, uh, I'd want to go back to the MLS. You know, I was like saying shit like that. But it's like, yeah, I don't. Do we really think they give a fuck what Saliba wants? Because Saliba wants to play for Arsenal. You know, and he's getting sent out on loan. So why mm. are you going to send? I I just think I you're completely right, man. Brighton would make so much sense. I feel like we're all guilty of it. Yeah, I feel like we're all guilty of it. We all sort of persuade ourselves that the things that the clubs are doing are right. That we just think, oh, he's a good player. You know, even if we hated the idea of signing signing him initially, we think, oh, he'll be good for Arsenal. Uh, you know, did it with William, um, and then. You know, the same with decisions to sell players. I think we can all make peace with things. But I, I think there's a lot to original gut instinct. And I think all our instinct with Saliba is give him a preseason. If he's not up to speed, send him on loan. Uh, but send him to a club who he's actually going to get valuable minutes with instead of in a league where he's sort of already bossed it and has been there and done it and got the T-shirt. He just doesn't need that, in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I think that most most people do. Most people do. Um, besides Arteta, obviously, he certainly does not. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd... Difficult one. It is really difficult. And I'm guessing that there's things that there's, we don't there's know. There's got to be. There's um, got to be. There must be. Yeah. Uh, and that's not necessarily from Arsenal's end. It might be it, it issues with Saliba as well. He... he might have some, I don't know, personality issues. Not necessarily like him being a bad egg, but maybe he's 
not mature enough yet for a Premier League dressing room, but I've, I find that hard to believe. You know, I'm grasping at straws here. There just could be, that's just inevitably going to be things which contribute to this decision to send him on loan again, which we don't know about. Um, and I, I really hope one day we do sort of find out. Hopefully when he's a few years into an Arsenal career and he's established himself, hopefully he can talk about it and discuss like the struggles of the early years. Um, but at the moment it is frustrating. You know, twenty-eight million pounds centre back, and he hasn't played a minute for us, and he won't play a minute for us in the first three years of his contract. That's just abysmal. That is, yeah, hundred percent. And we're going to talk about one more thing because I feel like we're beating a dead horse here. Mm-hmm. Um, we're basically just saying things the opposite way we were saying them on the Extra Can podcast. So if you want to hear the caveat to everything we just said, go listen to the Extra Can podcast and yeah. you have a nice little argument set up. Um, <laughs> That shout out content, right? Um, yeah. You you said, Rob, that we should talk about this. And it is that photo <laughs> that has... I, I want to let the people know, it's not me for once um, saying we should, talk, <laughs> we should talk about someone's looks. It's Rob. Um, a photo was posted of our, our beloved William Saliba hating manager. I, I mean, of, of, <laughs> of uh, our beloved, very handsome manager, Mikel Arteta. And some people were saying that Arsenal is getting to him and he's turning into somewhat <laughs> of, turned into somewhat of a silver fox, Rob. He's, he's yeah. got a little gray going on. There's some, some pepper sprinkled into that, you know, close to face beard of his. So I'll, I'll come to you with this because you said you want to talk about it. So I'm going to let you, you know, do your piece, (laughs) do your piece and make your piece simultaneously. What do you think is going on? Is Arteta getting stressed out by the, the, uh, the soul sucking club that is Arsenal? Because God knows it, it stresses us the hell out. I mean, hell Rob, I'm I'm 22. I look like I'm 45, you know, (laughs) I mean, uh, there's, there's a reason, right? So, so what do you think? Okay, okay. This is an interesting one to dissect. Okay, the first things I'm going to point out about this photo, and if uh, you you can't see this photo right now, get it up. I'm I'm going to give you some instructions to find it. I on uh, AFC Blogger forty nine, I tweeted about this. Oh wow! Shameless plug. And um, I responded to a tweet from Osman Zed the Gooner where he says, Arteta looks to have aged about five years in the space of three months. The pressure on managers is huge. And I say in response to this picture of Mikel by saying his hair is just a bit long and he hasn't shaved, which I think is true to an extent. I think everyone maybe looks a bit older with a bit of grizzle. Yeah, yeah, he's just not not looking quite well as groomed as he was at the back end of last season. And and fair play to him. That, That means that... Maybe he's even more relaxed. He's, he's had some time away from the team. He's that relaxed that he hasn't even bothered to go to the barber. Good on him. Um, but then on the flip side, you know, there, there is a bit of wrinkle in that cheeks, in those cheeks, which we haven't seen in the past. Um, then again, it, that, that might be the uh, sort of effects of the sun on him. Maybe he's just been that relaxed. I mean, yeah, he does look a bit older than he did when he first joined us. I think that's inevitable as... Uh, Osman Zed the Gunner says being a football manager is one of the most stressful jobs in the world. Um, I mean, the, the pressure is constant and rightly so. The pressure is on Mikel Arteta. It was a really poor season last season. Um, but yeah, I, I, I see some greys coming through, which, which is sad to see, isn't it? Mm, see, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I see some greys. Really? I see some greys coming through on the beard. I do. But maybe those yeah. are there. Those, those I don't think so in the hair. Yeah, I think the hair looks fine still. In the hair, that's not gray. That's a sun. Yeah, I agree. Here's another thing, too. Those wrinkles that you're referring to under Mikel Arteta's, uh, what's what's the word? Scolding eyes. Um, Mm. (laughs) I don't think that's age. I just think that's the sun. You know, I think he's just. Oh, is it? I think he's just. Let me have another look. I think he's just like squinting a little bit. You know? Oh yeah, maybe, maybe you're right, maybe. And also, like the pictures of much higher quality and resolution. 
It, it's very sort of zoomed in, not zoomed in on his face. I think that anyone who has a picture that zoomed in is going to have that. Is, that is very true. That's a good point you make there. Yeah, this first photo looks like somebody took it on an iPhone 3. And then the second one is like an iPhone 12 XZYLT 500. Yeah. And, you know, clearly it's Stuart McFarlane, the club's photographer, is just like right up in his face. And Mikel Arteta is just like looking away. And the only place he can look is at the sun. Poor Mikel. <laughs> Stuart, mate. What are you we, trying to do to our manager? We demand the ever-beautiful Stuart sacked. We demand it. <laughs> yeah, like I said in the comment, somewhat poetically, that's the sun kissing Arteta's noggin, not the mm. lips of death, otherwise known as age. Because Mikel Arteta doesn't age, people. He's a robot. No, that's He's, just not Mikel. Come on. Even the, <laughs> even the ever-shit arsenal. Couldn't age Mikel Arteta. So don't worry. If, even if, you know, Arteta maybe doesn't know how to get his teams to defend well on set pieces or, you know, doesn't know how to instill some creativity into his sides, if, if Emil Smith-Rowe's not there, yeah. he knows how to prevent himself from aging. So don't worry. Yeah, Anything that's exactly may- what you want from your manager. <laughs> age prevention techniques. <laughs> exactly. Ex- ben White will be maintaining his brilliant tan and lack of wrinkles for the entirety of his tenure at the club. <laughs> his Love Island-esque kind of yep. fake tan. Yeah. But Kyle Osaka the- will still look 19 in 2029. Lucky boy. I see. I don't know if I agree with that one because Saka definitely does <laughs> not look 19. He looks about 12. So, Yeah. <laughs> Well, in 2029, he'll finally look 19. Good for him. Oh, I'm excited. Maybe a little, uh, a little peach fuzz coming through, right? Yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. Man, Bukayo Saka would look weird with peach fuzz on those baby cheeks of his. It makes me proud that I can grow better facial hair than Bukayo (laughs) Saka, even though I'm uh, much younger than him. There you go. By a year. Much younger than him by a a whopping year. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever take that to the grave? Have you ever noticed too that Ben White kind of looks like the baby on Boss Baby? I, I, I don't know what it is, but he just sort of. <laughs> God, I need to look at a picture now. He sort of looks like a, an infant with fake tan and tattoos to me. I don't know why. I just I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, I sort of get what you mean. And his facial hair isn't great. It's yeah. sort of very sort of patchy. Maybe that looks what like it is. he's trying to have facial hair. But he can't really. Oh, okay. poor guy. Yeah. I'm now zooming in on his facial hair and it's very bad. It's he's very a, bad. It doesn't matter. He's a hell of a lot more handsome than me. So Yeah. Okay. Oh, d- don't take anything away from me. He's a very good looking guy. But come on, Ben. Let's get you some supplements in that face. There and, we go. Uh, then, it'll, then it'll come through nice and bushy. It's probably all the fake tan just melting the beard yes. away. Yes. Yes. Great point. It's not even fake tan, Daniel. It's the, it's the, it's the sunbed. No, that's where oh. he's going. He, he, he's, it's just, just burning the hair away. Poor guy. Well, Poor hairs. Poor hairs, indeed. Ben, not so white. <laughs> as, uh, uh, as, as, you know, reconsidering his move to Arsenal because he knows he's going to have to listen to us, you know, bully him and every other player's looks because that's just what we do, you know. That's, yeah. that's how we do on the Arsenal Cannon Podcast Extravaganza. Yep. Don't care about ability. It's all about looks. Exactly. Exactly. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about, Rob? Uh, I don't believe so. I think a good little show, actually. I agree. Nice and nice and concise. This is basically the Ernest Hemingway yep. of podcasts. We just got right to the <laughs> point. No bullshit. No fluff. We just did what we had to do. And we're moving you along. Goodbye. Toodaloo. See it. No, I'm just kidding. That's not the way we close the show. You know how we close the show, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Rob or the man that I so like to call. This bit will never be unfunny, so get the fuck used to it. Marketing opportunity of a lifetime. And we have timely um, uh, disconnected from Rob, so I'm just going to keep on talking. Um, I don't know how the heck that happened, um, but I'm calling it back right now. And I've, I talked the whole time. Rob, I've got you back on the line. Yep. Did, did you talk the whole time as well? 
Uh, no, I, I well, I I kept the recording going, but yeah, okay. it's, it's still good. It shouldn't be that bad because I kept the recording going too, and I was talking the whole time, and it's actually just kind of funny. So yeah, <laughs> and the people got typical right at the end of the show. The people got to hear me read my written down um, crazy nickname for you verbatim. So oh, did they? They okay. did. Well, I'll have the pleasure of listening that over when I edit. Yes, you will. So here's your marketing opportunity of a lifetime because you might not have heard me say that. No, I didn't. I didn't. That's when I lost you, I believe. Uh, my, my marketing opportunity of a lifetime is my latest piece for weloveyouarsenal.co.uk. One year on, Hussein Awa is still perfect for Arteta's Arsenal. That is live now. Uh, I just go into some detail about the season he's had and why he's ava- available for so cheap and what he could offer Arsenal. Uh, yeah. I'm in love with the prospect of signing him again. Uh, I think he's a brilliant player. So, yeah, uh, do go and check that out. Most recent post on weloveyourarsenal.co.uk. Great stuff, great stuff. You're ready to be um, to be heartbroken again is what I'm hearing, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. That That's that's just the way it is as an Arsenal fan. You fall hopelessly in, a love, hopelessly in love with a player that you know that the club can never sign and when they eventually don't sign, you get very angry. Yes, shout out to Wilfred Zaha, Kareem Benzema, um, Julian Draxler, um, Stephen and Zonzi, Zonzi, Yan and Via. Who yeah. else is out there? Oh, just too many to name. Right, to be they're honest. genuine. Titty. God, do you remember him? Titty. That was every summer in Titty. That one, I I thought that one was done. You know, and it just yeah, same. So yeah, um, Usman Dembele as well. We got loads of links. With oh, him. that one seemed. Oh, Kylian Mbappe. Remember, it was like Arsenal. Oh Arsenal. yeah, that guy. Yeah. Throw. I. You know. Kind of fell off the face of the earth is a bit of a nobody now. So yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I'd never heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Blast from the past. What do I want to shout? I'm going to shout out. I don't even know what the fitness relic this week is going to be out, but it's going to come out on Saturday. So do check that out. It's going to be on the same website that you could also find Rob's Awal piece. We love you, Arsenal.co.uk. <laughs> also check out the amazing articles on there from our team of brilliant writers as well also i want to give a quick shout out to the tampa bay lightning who just lifted up the stanley cup yesterday rob i have one more well done i have one more trophies in tampa for the six months (laughs) that i've been here since tottenham have since 2008 and that one they won in 2008 was just a fucking um what do they call it not the capital one cup not the caribou cup the uh oh uh, it's still the Carabao it, Cup, isn't it? These it days? is these days. Or the League Cup. The League Cup. That's what that's uh, what it's technically called. Yeah. And that was just a League Cup in 2008. As well. So I've got a Super Bowl and a Stanley Cup to my name since moving here. And yeah, I'm basically more decorated than Tottenham. So there's that. Um, I think I think that should do it, really. Um, we're still connecting to – we're reconnecting to Rob. So I'm just going to hang up on him and I'm going to call him back again. I don't know what's going on with Rob's um, with Rob's Wi-Fi, but it's having a bit of a stinker. Don't worry, Rob. Once again, I yep. I talked the whole time, the whole time. Love to see it. Your Wi-Fi, man. I'm gonna have some treats when I'm editing. Yeah, it just keeps going down. Yeah, no one's. Fun. Apologies, people. No one's. You know, uh, yeah. it's you know what it is. You you sunk all that money into your beautiful garden and that pet deer of yours <laughs> that was mentioned on the extra Canada. He podcast. was back again the other day. That deer. He was back, uh, but I haven't seen him much recently. Yeah, when I was telling Katie about that, shout out pod, pod girlfriend. Um, <laughs> when I was telling Katie about that, I just, oh, I love blondes, man. She said, um, he has a pet deer. And I was like, oh, oh Katie. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, damn. Anyway. Yeah, that's all we got. So enjoy the rest of your week and we will see you on the next one. Until then, toodaloo. See you later. If you see me walking down the street, staring at the sky, dragging my two feet, you just pass me by. It still makes me cry. Football's coming home again And if you see me sitting in the stands Laughing and I'm joking Doing what I can I won't